welcome to Shopaholics Japan, a podcast about living in Japan and the amazing Japanese products we can't live without. I'm Grant. I'm Cheska. And I'm Kai. And we are your hosts for this week. This podcast is powered by World Shopping, which makes online shopping on Japanese stores easy. On this episode, we're chatting about one of the more unique shopping areas in Tokyo, Nakano Broadway. It's filled with dozens of shops that sell thousands of items that you can't find anywhere else, especially if you're a fan of retro media. Jessica and Kai, have you ever been to Nakano Broadway? I have not. I have, but not recently. Once when I, well, maybe once or twice when I was studying abroad in college, and then about four or so years ago, I actually used to live in Shin Nakano, which is like、oh. the next town over from Nakano. Hmm. Yes, I've been to Nakano Broadway a few times. It is quite a unique place, and it's especially popular for tourists because they really have a lot of items and an atmosphere that you can't find anywhere else in Tokyo. A bit about the history of the place it opened in 1966, so it's been around quite a while. It's kind of ironic because a lot of the items they sell now are probably from the era. So they've, been, they've kind of been selling the exact same items for almost like 20 or 30 years. Or 40 years. So it's kind of funny to think well, now it's like a retro hotspot, but you know, when it was built, it was a really new and innovative type of place. It was built almost like a theme park where it was supposed to have restaurants, apartments. I didn't know about the like apartment, like theme park part. Yeah, believe it or not, the apartments are still there on Nakano Broadway. We'll get into it, but it's about four floors. However, floors like six to 13 are apartments. So people are living above Nakano Broadway, believe、yeah. it or not. I wonder what the rent is like. Is it expensive to live right above there? Or is it kind of like、yeah. an old, rundown place? It was built in the 60s. So I think most people would prefer a newer apartment. I wonder if they got their rent locked into like 1960s prices. But not jealous if the apartment is still the same as from when it was built in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm no longer jealous. <laughs> I mean, I don't know for that location, Niman End, I think still might be a steal. So when you get out of Nakano Station, the first thing you see is the Shoten guy. Which is like an arcade mall. Are you guys familiar with Shoten Guys? Yes.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I went to like Kyushu, I noticed there was quite a, a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of Shoten Guys all over Fukuoka City、mm. and even in Kita Kyushu and Kurume and some of the other big cities in the area. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain if, because we don't really have an equivalent in America, but it is kind of like、mm. indoor strip mall, maybe. Well, I guess like a roofed over strip mall. It's a shopping street. So not all of them are actually covered. They're like, I think、um, in, my, in Fukuoka, the Nishijin Shotengai famously is completely open. Yeah, I guess the covered shopping arcades do feel kind of like strip malls built into alleyways, I guess. The word arcade doesn't really describe it very well either because I feel like a lot of people think arcade and they're like, oh, like pinball machines and stuff like that. There are often like arcades in the Shotengai. So、yeah. it's kind of like, an arcade within an arcade, I guess. But it is something like pretty unique to Japan. The Nakano Shotengai is called Sun Mall. So it has a lot of shops. Most of them are pretty typical, like a lot of chain stores, both American、mm-hmm. and Japanese. So you've got like your Japanese cafes, like Dotor. You've also got your American shops, like McDonald's. So it's a good place、yeah. if you just want to grab some lunch before you go shopping. But at the end of the Shotengai, Is Nakano Broadway, which is a multi story building. And on the front, it has Nakano Broadway in huge silver letters in English. So it's definitely appealing towards tourists and it's a good photo spot. 
when mm-hmm. you enter Nakano Broadway, you'll either notice two things. One, it looks quite old. Like it doesn't look like a fancy, sleek department store you'd see in Shibuya or Shinjuku. It looks almost kind of like an old warehouse. But that's also kind of part of the appeal because you want a bit of that old timey Showa era style of feeling. Yeah, especially when you think about what a lot of the places in there sell, then it really fits. Yes. The second thing you'll probably notice is that on the right is a huge Mandarake shop. Mandarake has a huge presence in Nakano Broadway. Their first shop was in 1980. And since then, I think that is when the shopping area shifted more towards a general shopping complex to more otaku and nerdy and anime culture goods. So Mm -hmm. Mandarake is a used goods shop. They were originally a manga shop, but now they sell everything. Toys, CDs, games, books, manga, just everything you can think of, they sell it. And But all of it is yeah. used goods. So Japan has a pretty interesting used goods culture. A lot of things, even from the 80s and 90s and even earlier, you can buy them almost like they're new today. That's definitely true. Like you said, not just at Mandarake, but like pretty much like any used store in Japan, like it's not like, oh, this is stuff that someone decided, oh, I guess I won't throw it away. Maybe someone will buy it. No, it's in good condition. Yeah. And I know there's a Mandarake in Kyushu, right? Yes. Well, I think, I don't know if there's more than one. I there, I know there's one in Fukuoka City. Actually, it's actually a fairly decent sized shop. It's about three, flo- three or four floors. The first floor is what you would think of when you think Mandarake with Rows and rows of manga, plus figures, dolls. I actually sold a Hatsune Miku doll there for like 40,000 yen, which is about like oh. 300 bucks now, back when nice. I was moving in short for cash. And then the higher floors will have more maybe idol-focused goods and then cosplay goods and whatnot. So there, it really is catering to a wide range of fandoms these days. You got a pretty good price on that Hatsune Miku figure. Would you say Mandaraki is pretty fair in their uh, the resale? Um, well, it's, it's like any other used goods shop. They will give you way less than it's worth in exchange for being able to exchange it for cash right away. So like, I know the the same doll I've seen, um, on sale for maybe $1,500, but I didn't want to go through the effort of finding a buyer for it because it is, it is, it is a fairly niche item. So mm-hmm. I figured yeah, yeah. I'll just hand it off to them, even if it's undervalued, take the cash right away and let them deal with it. Yeah. Cause I mean, who knows how long they have to sit on it until someone comes along to buy it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like just cause it's valued at X amount of dollars, it doesn't really mean anything until you find a buyer. Yeah. Today we're talking a lot about shopping, but part of Mandarake is also about selling items. They buy over 10,000 items per day. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship where like, okay, I'll sell you something and then I'll buy something else from you. So mm-hmm. a lot of used good shops yeah. are like that in Japan. So you could actually just go to Nakano Broadway and you could actually make money. You don't have to you don't have to buy anything. Just sell your old stuff. And actually that also ties into another aspect of Japan, bringing up the uh, word arcade again, but like the arcade game centers in Japan, mm. like a lot of the stuff that you can buy at places like Mandarake are prizes from the uh, claw machine games or the crane games or the UFO Hmm. catchers, whatever you want to call them, from the Japanese game centers. Yes. I was also surprised about that because I thought, well, if you don't get it in the claw catcher, it's gone forever. But actually, if you know where to look, you can find it. And that place Mm -hmm. is Nakano Broadway. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually may or may not have an addiction to the claw machine <laughs> crane games. I think I can maybe provide some more insight as to why it's not hard to find those uh, prizes in places like Mandarake is because depending on the type of machine, you can actually be pretty good at reliably getting the prizes. Mm. And then if you're like me and you just want to do it because it's fun and you don't actually want the item, uh, you just go and have your fun day at the claw machines, win all your stuff, and then be like, well, I don't actually want these three different plastic figures of different anime characters that I've never actually seen anyway. <laughs> so you go to a place like Mandrake and be like, hey, what can I get for this? Interesting. I never thought of like the flipping culture of claw catchers. <laughs> Some are more successful than others, I suppose. Let's just say that I am reasonably decent depending on the machine. Okay, okay. Like I mentioned earlier, Mandarake has not just one shop, but many different shops in Nakano Broadway. And they're really focused on different pockets of otaku culture. So there's one for cosplay. There's one for toys. Actually, there are several for toys, several for manga, one for games. And even within manga, there's one for like really retro manga, like from the 60s, like Osamu mm -hmm. Tezuka. There's more modern manga and also uh, doujin which is like people who made their own manga, mostly kind of like fan art almost or fan fan fiction, but in manga form. Sort of self-publish, but not on a big scale. Right. So there's a huge wide array of different things you can buy from Mandarake, not in just one shop, but in the different shops located throughout Nakano Broadway. And they all have their own kind of cool aesthetic. Mandarake in general has like this, like I mentioned earlier, like a warehouse aesthetic, like almost like an industrial, like steampunk a little bit. In its visual design. I was going to ask you uh, if, uh, since you've been there the most recently, um, I wonder if it still is laid out the same way as when I was there. At first, I didn't actually even realize quote unquote stores I was going into were all mandarake. Uh, like yes, when yes. I think of like a, a store, I think, well, you go inside the store and then within the store, things are sectioned out. But when I went to Nakano Broadway, like the mandarake, it was like hallways and then like Oh, like, oh, go into an individual store, but it's, they're all different parts of Mandarake. It's not like, oh, I left this store, go down the hallway and go in this other store. There's still Mandarake. Is it still like that? Yes. Imagine if it was like a huge department store and then it got split up by different parts and then just spread out. So some are on first floor, some are on second floor, some are on the third floor. Yeah. Depending on what you want, you kind of have to go to like a completely different shop, even though it has the Mandarake name. And they often yeah. have like kind of fun fun names like the game store is called Mandarake Galaxy and there's another called Mandarake UFO. One of them has like these red torty gates at the entrance. So once you see that, you can't help but go into it. Others, they kind of have like the warehouse aesthetic. So it kind of has their own visual design. So Jessica, when you went into the Mandarake, what did you see or what were you looking for? The first time I went was quite a while ago uh, when I was in college and I studied abroad. So I was really looking for like nerdy things like, oh, this is Japan. So if it's like an anime or a game that I like, that's not really popular in America, well, this is Japan. Mm. So this is my chance to like get some merch or whatever. So I went looking for like figurines of like characters that I liked or um, plushies. Yeah. I was looking for things that would be obscure in America because a lot of like Japanese media really at that time was not big or even like merchandise imported to the US that much. 
And then also um, I was looking for some souvenirs, such as uh, my older brother is a huge Godzilla fan. Oh, yes. And uh, obviously Godzilla has an extremely long history. It's quite old, like mm. back to the, what, is 1950 the first Godzilla movie? I'm not sure. 1954. 1954. Okay. Yeah. I knew I'd be able to get some like really kind of original merchandise Mm. perhaps since this is a used place. So it has all sorts of options that I could get something really nice for my brother. Even if Godzilla is in America, like they don't have anything from like the original time period as far as merchandise. Yeah. And speaking of the uh, Godzilla toys, one of the major items that they sell in Nakano Broadway is figurines. It's like huge place mm-hmm. for especially retro and vintage figurines. Like I mentioned earlier, the micro, it's called microcon in Japanese, like micro shop. And they sell a lot of like old school toys. For example, the Keshigomu toys. In English, Keshigomu is eraser. So I'm not sure if you guys have seen these. They're erasers and they're one solid color, but they're shaped like a character. For example, oh, they're shaped yeah, like yeah. Ultraman or like Godzilla. And mm-hmm. these are not so popular now. Of course, they still sell like these elaborate Things shaped like, uh, for example, like erasers shaped like sushi or erasers shaped like buildings, but they're much mm-hmm. more elaborate. These are very simple in their design, and they were really popular in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. And this place sells a lot of the original ones from this time period. So for wow. us, I think it's not really nostalgic because we didn't really grow up with these toys. But I mm-hmm. think for people who grew up in Japan, I think it's really like appealing for them. They have like a completely different toy culture than we did. And another thing that's really popular are the vinyl toys. It's called sofubi in Japanese, like soft vinyl, especially based on like kaiju, such as Godzilla and yeah, Ultraman. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen these just by passing. They're kind of like nine inches or almost like a foot or so. And they're basically yeah. just kind of plastic toys. And they're like all one piece. They're not action figures. You can't really move them. And they often have like different dyes or coloring, especially like really funky, almost psychedelic colors. Yeah, especially with respect to the Ultraman ones. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them look really cheap as well by modern standards, but they're worth quite a bit. Yes, they are quite expensive. Oftentimes you'll see them over like $100. Yeah, many of these Sophobie toys based on Ultraman or based on other Godzilla characters, they look kind of cheap because they are modeled off of the actual toys from the 60s. So, of course, you know, mm-hmm. the technology was not so good then, but they are like a very hot collector's item uh, because people who grew up with them, they really like that, you know, nostalgia and they're pretty different from toys today. So a lot of collectors, they think, well, this is really different from just a, a normal action figure that you buy that's maybe four inches. So they're really willing to pay the big bucks. One of the more popular uh, characters is Hedora, which is like a Godzilla enemy, I suppose. And he's kind of like a smog monster. Yeah, like a toxic cloud Yes, smog thing. Yeah, I'm not sure why he is particularly popular, but I see a lot of Hedorah merch. I think he just looks very he looks cool. unusual. Yeah, he looks unusual and like he's made out of pollution. So that's kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah. Like Kai was saying with like the psychedelic colors, usually Godzilla kaiju are not really crazy and all that. But since it's like a pollution monster, it has like that oil slick type sheen to it. So oh, okay. that one also has some like really psychedelic colors. Cool, yeah. And yeah, so the microcon is like really going back to it's a peek into Japanese childhood, especially from like the 80s and 90s. So yeah, it's a good way to be like, okay, I can kind of see what Japanese kids were into 
And the Microcon, they also, for whatever reason, they sell a lot of wrestling masks, like the uh, Luchador mask. I'm not sure if these are oh, like really? wow, officially used by the wrestler or if they're just replicas. But the outside of the store is just full of wrestling masks. So I think that's pretty funny. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever been to a wrestling show, but people wear the masks at the wrestling show. So it's really the only place you can use it. Uh, so it's <laughs> kind of funny. So like, if somebody's walking around with like a tiger mask, uh, you know, in the streets of Tokyo, it's very odd and maybe a, a bit alarming. But if you're at a wrestling show, you see a hundred people just wearing masks. It's totally normal. So Mandaraki really touches all the nerd bases. You've got old toys, you've got wrestling masks, you've got manga, you've got old games, you've pretty much got everything. So Kai, do you buy any like used goods or retro items at all? I actually buy a lot of my clothes secondhand. Oh, okay. You know, because because they're in such good shape and you know quite a bit cheaper than you. But actually, one interesting thing I've noticed is that even American clothes, for example, is oftentimes cheaper in Japan than they are stateside secondhand. Like, for mm. example, I have a Shots Perfecto leather jacket. Mm. You know, brand new. Those things will cost you maybe what eight nine hundred bucks. Yeah. I think wow. in states you might find them secondhand online for three four hundred. But in Japan, you can find them in pristine condition for, like, I bought mine for less than 200 Wow. Wow. And there actually are some clothing shops in Nakano Broadway, even though we mostly think of it like, oh, I'm going to Nakano to buy, you know, figures or manga. But they do have, like, more specific types of shops. Like, this one's for clothing. They have, like, an old camera store. So if you're really into, like, old school photography, mm. they have that there as well. Yeah, really any type of old item. You can probably find... A specific shop for it at Nakano Broadway, which is really awesome. So we talked a lot about Mandarake. That's the most prevalent shop there. However, there's a lot of other really cool shops. One I really want to highlight is Hakaba no Garo, which in English translates to Graveyard Gallery. From the name, you can kind of get an idea about what they sell. They sell mostly merchandise, so a lot of clothing and t-shirts, but it's based on horror and kind of goth and also punk Japanese intellectual properties. So you've got a lot of their classic anime like Devilman, you've got Ultraman, and you've got other horror IPs like Shin Megami Tensei. You've also got uh, the works of Junji Ito is represented there as well. So again, it kind of ties in with the retro like 70s vibe. A lot of the anime from the 70s, everything they sell there is unique for that shop. So it's not like they're getting another store's like Ultraman goods and selling and reselling it. It's like kind of a designer gallery and designer boutique. And it's not only a store, they also have like a gallery within the store. And they often have some sort of gigantic statue. Last time I went there, they had a huge devil man statue. Like it was life-sized or maybe even bigger oh, wow. than life-sized. And their shop is really cool just to walk around uh, uh-huh, because they, uh-huh. everything they sell is like really unique. They have these really cool jackets and they even sell like sake. So if you want some sake, you can buy it there. Yeah, they sell candy, they sell calendars, pretty much anything you can think of, they have it there. So it's a really cool place. I think maybe the only shop is in Nakano Broadway. So that's the only one I've ever seen, at least. Going back to the toys, they do sell like the vinyl figures of like kaiju. I'm pretty sure like 50% of the stores in Nakano Broadway sell these like old school soft vinyl toys. But I highly recommend at least popping by Hakaba no Garo. It's really hard to miss. You'll definitely be lured in there. Well, it's been several years since I was there last. I'm definitely overdue for another trip to just wander around there. So that's on my to-do list. 
Another shop I wanted to highlight is Tonari no Zingaro, or in Japanese, Tonari no Jingaro. And it is the official shop of Takashi Murakami, who is a famous Japanese artist. Ah, yes. If you don't know his name, you have probably seen his art. It is the quintessential Japanese pop art. And he was behind a art movement in the early 2000s called Superflat. His hypothesis is that Japanese art is traditionally 2D, even going okay. back from like the Edo period and like ukiyo-e and shinhanga, uh-huh. uh, anime. You know, there's a through line between there. And also there's kind of a, yeah. not a distinction between kind of high brow art and also kind of like the low pop culture art. In Japan, he argues that it's more in the middle or both of them are kind of mixed together. So he's a very important artist in, in Japanese history and Japanese culture. And he is really embracing the kind of consumerism of art. He makes art for items to sell, not just, you know, a picture to hang in a gallery. So this is his official merch shop. Not just him, but also some of the artists he collaborates with. And probably the most famous item here is the flower. So it's hard to explain if you've never seen it, but it is just like a colorful flower with a huge smile. And this is probably one of the more popular brands uh, from him. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, a couple of years ago, on my commute every day in this one plaza of Roppongi, they were building a statue and it ended up being a giant statue of that flower art oh, yes, that he yes. made. So if you want to see a giant statue of it, you can visit it in Roppongi. Yeah, he's really prevalent in Japan even today. I've visited like several of his galleries. Like I'm personally a pretty big fan of him. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other art he's done. Did he do the cover for Kanye West's graduation? Yes, that was exactly what I was going to say. He did the, <laughs> the cover art for Kanye West's first album. Uh, so he's been pretty prevalent for quite a long time. And he's popular in America. He actually got popular in America first. And then he came kind of back to Japan and became popular again here. And he opened up this store just a few years ago. And not just a store, there's also a gallery, Hidari Zingaro, where you can see some art from him and also some of his collaborators. And there's also a cafe as well. Uh, however, the gallery and cafe are often closed. You know, they're not open often. And even the store, Tonarino Zingaro, is not open often. Sometimes it's only open for the weekends. So you really have to kind of plan when you want to go. Do you have to like make reservation like that level or just kind of hope that your timing works? You have to line up for sure. And it sounds a bit odd, but this is the only store I've seen in Japan with active security guards. Like people in oh my gosh. like security outfits. So I was a bit shocked when I went there for the first time. I mean, of course, probably partially for the purpose of security, but I wonder if it's also for like the display aspect, like the prestige, like, I don't know how to put it, but kind yeah. of kind of like an artistic sort of expression type thing. Maybe. Yeah, I think a big part of it is security because Tornado Zingaro is a really popular shop, especially for overseas tourists. So a lot of people are going in and out. Oh, okay. Well, it definitely wasn't there when I was there because that was too long ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they might have an issue with like scalping. So people buy like a lot Uh, and they try to resell it. So I think they kind of want to curb that as well. And some of the items they have there, of course, they have the flower and they just stick this flower on everything. But one of the more popular items is like the flower cushion. So it's like a big pillow, almost like a plushie, I would say. I'm not sure what difference between a plushie and a cushion and a pillow I think it blurs the line. It's blurry. Quite a bit. It's blurry. Yeah. yeah, this one blurs the line quite a bit. Cheska and I actually have uh, this flower, not in cushion form, but in pancake fry pan form. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, 
made dinner with that. I made pancakes for dinner with that. If you don't know what it is, it's like a small pancake pan. However, it has the flower pattern kind of not engraved. What's the opposite? The opposite of engraved. Like it kind of pops out. Impression, I guess. The shape is on the pan. So when you make the pancake, theoretically, it has to face. And I was a bit skeptical at first because I thought, is this really going to show up on the pancake? I made a few and yeah, it does show up on the pancake. Uh, Maybe if you burn it badly, it won't show up. But the ones I made, you can see it pretty clearly. I don't know about for you, but the ones I made, you can see a clear progression of uh, me getting the timing right for when to flip it. Of (laughs) Very dark, really hard to see the pattern to, oh, okay, yeah, you can perfectly see the pattern on this one. (laughs) Because it only makes one, it's tiny. It's like one pancake at a time. I only want to eat one pancake right now. So I need to make it from scratch immediately. Pretty much any, I don't want to say any item, but they have a lot of unorthodox items like that. And of course, like hoodies, other clothing as well. And they are quite pricey, I have to admit, but the quality is pretty good. And they sell a lot of items that you could only buy there. They also have some other collaborations like with Doraemon and other Japanese IPs. So mm-hmm. it's a really popular place. It's on the fourth floor, I want to say. The way Nakano Broadway works is that first floor has a lot of shops. Second floor has a ton. Third, a bit less, but fourth is mostly reserved for Tonane no Zingaro. So it's kind of that important. Okay. It almost has its own floor. All right, then, yeah, I definitely need to go in because that wasn't there at all last time I was there. Mm. So other recommended shops I just want to throw out there. Now, this is just my personal recommendation. One shop I recommend is the La Shinbang Audio Visual Building, which sounds pretty boring, but they sell a lot of CDs and used games uh, and used DVDs. So if you're there for DVDs and media, it's a good place to go. The used game section is kind of small, but it's really high quality. They have a lot of things in box. And they have a pretty good price. Nakano Broadway is very touristy. So a lot of the prices are, you know, aimed towards tourists. Uh, However, Uh this is a pretty Uh fair price, I would say. Also, Robot Robot is another figure shop. So like Cheska mentioned before, like a lot of the uh, claw machine plushies end up at these stores. A lot of resold items, like Kai resold his Hatsune Miku figure. Also, one thing that uh, is really cool is that they sell a lot of the capsule machine figures, like the Gashapon or the Gacha machine figures. So, of course, like you put in the coin and you just get a random figure. But if you don't get what you want, you know, you're a little sad. However, those like the plushies are resold to these used figure shops. If there's something you didn't get, you could probably check these places and try to get it. A lot of them are pretty fair prices, like about the same that you paid. Some of them are a bit more expensive. Some are quite expensive, like $20 for just one small little figurine. But if it's that rare, it's that rare. Well, because sometimes those those gotcha figures and whatnot, it'll have like five options and one of the options will be much rarer than any yes. of the others. So that could explain that. Yeah. If you go looking for something really, really specific, you'd be surprised that you could probably find it. You know, even if you don't buy anything, I think Nakano Broadway is really appealing, almost like a retro museum. You can get a, a real peek into, you know, what Japanese people were interested in, you know, in the 70s and 80s and 90s. I think that's a perfect way to describe it. It really is. And because of how good condition so much of the retro stuff here is in Japan, yeah, it's for sale, but you can treat it like a retro museum. Yeah. So even if you don't buy anything, it's still worth going, but there's definitely a lot to buy. So you can probably find at least something to you know carry home with you as a souvenir. Maybe not a, a meter tall Hatsune Miku. But... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, she was Snow Miku. I couldn't resist. 
Uh, for first-time tourists, would you say that Nakano Broadway is better or worse than checking out, you know, the much more iconic Akiba? That's a good question. Akihabara is definitely more like modern, I would say. Like if you want a new figure, like a new Gundam model or like a new, like new manga or whatever, Akihabara is definitely the place to go. But I would say Nakano Broadway, maybe not more, but the things they specialize in is more specific. We mentioned earlier, like the soft vinyl toys. Mm-hmm. And especially things from like the 70s and 80s. I think Knockin' on Broadway is really more focused on that. Yeah, not just toys, but also vintage items like camera, clothing, magazines, things like that. So if mm-hmm. you want more general, I think Akihabara is definitely wider array of goods. But if you want something more specific, Knockin' on Broadway maybe has what you're looking for instead. And probably at definitely better prices than Akihabara. Yeah, yeah. Or too, also maybe someone who could like point you in the right direction too, since they have such like specific individual niche shops in Nakano mm. Broadway, the people at those shops are like more likely to be able to answer questions about those specific items. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool, cool, cool. I only asked just because um, I've been lucky enough to visit Akihabara a few times throughout my life. Mm. And mm-hmm. like the first time I went there was back in 2006. So, you know, so back then you you, you, there was a lot of there's still a lot of little electronic shops here there old games I've kind of a lot, a lot of a lot of these vintage goods like you would say mm-hmm. you're talking about but when I went back again in 2015 and then again in 2019 and 2021 mm-hmm. so last year I've noticed that a lot of those old shops have since shut down a lot of touristy souvenir stuff. I mean, of course, you know, you have your maid cafes on the main street, but even down uh-huh. the little alleys that I used to, that I, you know, thought was really cool back the first time I went. Now it's, it's a lot of um, selling, a lot of secondhand um, cell phone and laptop shops, really, really just selling iPhones and MacBooks, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's cool. That's Maybe cool. Maybe the sold pandemic away, but... was, is partially related to that. Like mm. those more niche type places didn't have enough clientele to survive it. Could be, could be, but even even hmm. in 2015, I saw there's oh, there was a bit, a there was a bit of a decline, and it's so not that Akiba isn't still very very cool. I think I think it's still <laughs> worth checking out, but you know yeah. when, when you guys were talking about some of the niche things in Nakano Broadway, kind of remind me of what how it used to be. Yeah, well, I guess another thing too, it's obviously Nakano Broadway isn't as big as like Akihabara. It's like this consolidated one location, yeah. so it would be easier to find stuff rather than. Well, I'll go down this alley and hope that this particular small retro place has this item that I want. Like, at least in Nakano Broadway, oh, well, this one doesn't have, I'll just go down the hallway to this other one. Maybe they have it. In Akihabara, you kind of have to know where you're going. But in Nakano Broadway, it's definitely a bit more open in terms of exploration. And you can easily find a lot of cool shops that you would never have imagined even existed at Nakano Broadway. So I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend checking it out. If you live in Tokyo, if you're visiting Tokyo, check out Nakano Broadway and do some shopping. And that's it for this week's episode. If you're curious about the shops we talked about, or there's a store in Japan you like, you can buy anything from Japan with World Shopping. You'll see the World Shopping banner appear on hundreds of Japanese sites, allowing you to instantly buy anything from participating shops, including some we talked about today, like Tonari no Zingaro and Hakaba no Garo. And we can buy items from any shop in Japan. Visit worldshopping.global for more information and start shopping today. You can also find us on social media. Just search for World Shopping on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. See you later or in Japanese. Mata ne. Mata ne. Jade. <laughs>